Hi everyone, my name is Gavin Dennis and I'm a cybersecurity consultant and the founder of the Gavin Dennis Foundation Limited. You're listening to episode 15 of the Digital Jamaica podcast with me and your host, Kadia Francis. Welcome to episode 15 of the Digital Jamaica podcast. I'm your host, Katie Francis. And as you've heard, our special guest today will be Gavin Dennis. Now, Gavin is a young Jamaican cybersecurity expert now based in Germany. And he's definitely going to tell us how that happened. But Gavin is doing some amazing things in the cybersecurity field in Jamaica and the Caribbean at large. He is the co-creator of the cybersecurity support team, which is a group on Discord. And listen, somebody had sent me a link to the group. Uh, I'm not sure how it came about, but the person knows about my platform. So every now and again, the person would send me a link to somebody and I joined the group and quickly realized that I was completely out of my depth because I know all about cybersecurity, but the amazing thing about this group is how patient they are in terms of explaining what is happening is how supportive they are with each other how giving they are in terms of sharing information. This is a safe space for Jamaicans and other persons in the Caribbean who are in the ICT, um, information security, and cybersecurity field who need support, who needs help, who needs advice um, to further their career or if they're having a problem within their job and they run up in a something where they can't solve then the group is definitely somewhere where they can go for advice and support. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. Now, half the time, Katie don't know what the hell they're talking about, but I, I still see people getting support, and I still see people um, offering support. And the group also offers training materials um, for persons who are furthering their studies. Um, Gavin can always be reached to ask him questions. So it, it's, it's an amazing thing to watch. Gavin has also taken it one step further by creating a foundation, the Gavin Dennis Foundation that is registered in Jamaica. And the, the, the foundation is wide-reaching. It's not just about cybersecurity and providing support for persons in cybersecurity. It's about just helping Jamaicans in general, getting the education level up. So, for instance, if you're a Jamaican over a certain age and you did not complete high school, the foundation will help you do that, provide support, financial and otherwise. So there's so many things that Gavin is trying to do, and he has so many amazing ideas and plans that he'll be rolling out and implementing over the next um, couple of months going into 2020 and beyond. And I'm so proud of him for the work that he's doing and the fact that he wants so much to give back and to elevate his country I'm down for Jamaicans in the diaspora who is who wants to help and support and who is not just, well, you Jamaicans need to because God knows there are those. So thank God <laughs> for Gavin. And this conversation is an extended um, conversation about cybersecurity in general. What does that look like in the Jamaican and the Caribbean space? The state of cybersecurity in Jamaica um, why businesses aren't aware or as aware as they should be, why there aren't um, enough cybersecurity expert, 
experts in Jamaica, um, in businesses in Jamaica, in the ICT departments in business in Jamaica. We also talk about data protection, GDPR, how that has impacted the cybersecurity community. And we, we, we do talk about his foundation and it, 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 the conversation went in several different directions, all centered on data protection, cybersecurity, and Gavin Dennis, the, the Gavin Dennis Foundation. So if this is something that you're interested in, cybersecurity, data protection, etc., then this is definitely the show for you. But even if you aren't, there's so much you can learn that I guarantee you probably didn't know before. Um, so definitely stick around. <laughs> definitely stick around. And um, hear us out. Hear what we have to say. And get your life. Get informed, okay? So you can be safe on the internet. But before we get into the episode, just wanted to let you know that the Content Development Workshop will be two weeks from now, Saturday, November 30th, at the Sisters Inc. Entrepreneur Lab. And that's at 107A Content Spring Road, the Giscoms Gym and Wellness Center. That's where we'll be starting at 10 o'clock now. This workshop is for persons who who they're they're struggling with content creation either because they don't have a plan, there's no strategy, or because they've not yet solidified their brand identity or brand messages. So whether you're a personal brand or business, if you're struggling with that as I did a couple years ago, then this is this is for you. When I was just starting out, I the, the information was there, but again, as I keep saying, a lot of the information is just not relevant to our market. So I started out trying to pick from the information that was just floating out there online and realized quickly that this just was not applicable to the Jamaican space. So I had to step back and really get my brand message done and get my brand identity solidified and develop an entire strategy around it. If the persons I'm trying to reach are Jamaicans, then I need to at least make sure that my strategy is Jamaica-centric. So... And, and I realize that that is the case for a lot of Jamaicans who are creating content for the digital community. They're unaware of what that digital community is about, how they think, how they behave, how they operate. So their content is just not hitting who it is intended um, to hit. So the workshop is for you. It's a workshop I wish I had when I was starting out because God knows it would have made the process a lot easier <laughs> but because i'm always sharing information and i always want you to be coming from a point of being informed then i do these kinds of workshops so this one is going to be focused on persons who want help with content development content strategy planning content creation and content distribution the registration link will be in the show notes so if that's you definitely jump on and register quickly there are only 20 spots available the seats are going fast so book your spot and let's get informed without much more for me no more announcements let's get into episode 15 with gavin dennis gavin i met on twitter don't remember how but he had he has a group running on the discord app a lot of people probably don't know what discord app is but he has a group running on discord and it has over how many members now do you have Gavin? i think it's it's somewhere over 130 so maybe about 135 somewhere wow. we just passed one 130 Wow, that's awesome. Over 130 ICT and cybersecurity professionals spread across the Caribbean. Would you say most of them are Jamaicans, Gavin? 
Ah, uh, I think I think most of them are. I think most of them are Jamaicans, but we have we mm. have quite a bit of persons from other parts of the Caribbean who are in other parts of the world, such as Germany, United Kingdom. Uh, I think there was someone even in Belgium. So it it's right. it's mainly focused it's on Caribbean. Yeah. 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 But they're mostly Caribbean, from Caribbean backgrounds, right? Yes. All of them are from right. Caribbean so backgrounds. All of them have Caribbean backgrounds. So they're either residing in their, their, their countries, the Caribbean countries that they're from, or they have spread out, because you know Caribbean people tend to uh, spread out into the diaspora. So they are either in the Caribbean countries or they're in the diaspora, but they've all come together to form this group that Gavin has created. And let me tell you something. I'm in the group. I am not a cybersecurity expert. I am not a coder and I'm not an ICT professional in any way, shape or form. But it, I have gotten so much from being in this group. And one of the takeaways for me is how open the conversations are people can just ask for advice about any problems that they're having within a system or and then they go off into their computer speak that Katie don't understand but i am so impressed by how willing people are to share information to share codes to share solutions and everybody is so open and so um upfront about the problems um that they're facing and tutorials happen in the group so persons who want to learn about a particular system can ask somebody and they go off and do a little tutorial by themselves or the group meets online and chats or but gavin you we how many um in-person meetings have you had so far I think we've had about three. No, in person. In person. In person, we had one meetup, which was in July when that I was visited in Jamaica. Jamaica. Yes, that was in Jamaica. Right. And otherwise, we meet online once per month as a group talk, where we just right. talk about things that we would like to to get done, where we see the group going, ideas and things that we want to implement. Okay, so guys. I'm going to put the link to this group in the show notes. If you're an ICT professional, you're a coder, you're somebody in the cybersecurity field, this is definitely the place for you to be. But Gavin, before we even get there, how, what made you want to start a group like this? Ah, so the, the group initially started as a WhatsApp group. It, it had a, a few friends and colleagues, uh, you know, that I, I felt would be interested in in having uh, a a small network of people to communicate with Mm -hmm. and and liaise about issues eventually someone proposed the idea to move to discord because they would love to see other people from the caribbean also involved we moved did a little bit of marketing and the, the the response so far has been uh very good because now we have uh, people from places like Guyana, Trinidad, Aruba, uh, Jamaicans who are also in other parts of the world. So we've attracted a lot of people and they seem to, to, to find the group very valuable because they can get such rich perspectives from people working in, in various areas of IT with uh, a Caribbean background. That's awesome. I mean, the group literally blew up, guys. And let me tell you one of the reasons why people are so active in the group, too, and why people gravitate to the group. Um, and, And this is just based on my observation. 
it's because you have people in the group, Gavin, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You have people in the group that are at different levels. Some are just new entrants. Some are people who are in ICT and they're wanting to cross over to cybersecurity. Some are persons who are at the highest level of, of it or getting to the highest level. And because you have people at different levels, everybody's really learning from each other. That's, that's, that has been my observation. Am I off? No, you're, you're correct. You're correct. Right. Because that's what I've seen in the group. Um, so the groups, you said, started from a, from, a, WhatsApp. from a WhatsApp platform. Yes. Right. And you, why did you move to Discord? What is the Discord app about? So Discord is a platform mainly for gamers. It's very similar to Slack. So you could think of it as a big chat room with different channels. So instead mm -hmm. of uh, a WhatsApp group where all chats are just in one group, you can have multiple multiple chats within your own within your own area. So multiple chat rooms essentially. The Discord was recommended by by Tanisha who has a son that uses Discord uh, for gaming. Mm -hmm. So so that's that's really how we we move to Discord instead of Slack. And that's one of the other awesome things about this group, guys, is that they're actually using the technology and making the technology work for them because we're, we're, they're not all in the same place. So they've managed to make the technology work for them. But Gavin, how did you end up in cybersecurity? How did that get started? Well, I, I initially started out in, in accounting and, and financial oh, wow. audit. That's, that's yeah, so I, 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 I was really... <laughs> on the accounting side of things but since high school i've always been passionate about it but from uh mm -hmm. from a personal fun point of view i didn't see it as something i i could do as a career in high school it wasn't taught to me as as something that you can really make a living from uh, at that age i saw it as something to to as someone who maybe maybe repairing computers i didn't know about right, yeah. business analytics and cyber and network security and all of the right all of the options that were available so eventually i went into accounting did it for about four to five years realized that i i wasn't passionate about what i was doing while i was at mm -hmm. work uh, within within the accounting and auditing field i was always interested to help people troubleshoot their it issues uh, to save them time from waiting uh, for accounts, the, the IT department to, to come and support them. And over time, mm -hmm. that passion it developed. I started to learn more about how IT works in the commercial sense. And, the, and I decided to switch careers to security because security is the area that fascinated me the most within IT. So, oh, yeah, so I, I started to study. I started to study. I think I went through about two or three job changes just to try and, and, and gain a spot in IT security. Okay, so is it, is it a difficult um, um, industry to get into? Some, some people say yes, uh, but for me, for me, it was difficult because my background was different. I didn't have an IT background. I, I, I didn't work in an IT-related position before I, I, mm. I really got my chance in security. So I had to prove that I was worthy of being given a shot, considering I am someone with 
a background doing operational audits, preparing financial statements, uh, entering uh, fin uh, financial information, data entry. So I really had to, I, I, for me, I think I had to work harder than someone who went to university for an IT related course because I didn't have that right. background. Okay. Um, so you you made the switch from accounting into cybersecurity. But before we go any further, can you just give a, a brief explanation as to what exactly cybersecurity is? Cybersecurity or network security? Well, mm -hmm. cybersecurity is it's the parent of the it's a child of information security. So information security is the parent, that's the broad category, and cybersecurity is the child which focuses on protecting data. So if it's whether it's data flowing over the internet or data flowing through a, a local network, it's focused on protecting data. So if there is a computer, if there's a, a room full of computers, but those computers aren't connected to the internet, they are maybe not even turned on, cybersecurity really doesn't care about them. Information security, right. the wider group, would care about who has access to that room, who has access to the, 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 the physical devices, who can log in. So so cybersecurity really cares about the data on the 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 computer systems while information mm -hmm. security cares about the wider bigger picture the different forms in okay. which data is stored okay awesome um, that's a really good explanation because i i was of the impression that cybersecurity was about people stealing your information online <laughs> that was my limited understanding of what cybersecurity um was i didn't know that it had a a, a base in uh data well of course, it's about stealing people's data online, but I didn't know it had a, a it, it feeds into the whole idea of information security. So that's that's new. So how how then does one go about like a regular computer user like myself who just already got like a laptop or maybe already like a tablet? Would I be somebody or should I be concerned about information security or cyber security is it something that affects me as a regular regular everyday person yes it does but it's not something that you should have to worry about uh, mm -hmm. now cyber security it's a booming industry there are lots of companies and there's a lot of marketing around people protecting data and it often can drive fear and and anxiety based on how it's being marketed. Mm. So just the fact that you use the internet doesn't mean that you need to panic, but you still need to protect yourself because based on how we live now on a daily basis, we do share a lot of our lives online, whether it is through social media or banking information, which has our money or our health records, you know, those type of things. So we, we, should all be a little bit concerned and try to to take steps to protect ourselves based on how exposed we think we are but not mm -hmm. everyone is is at risk in the same way or to the same level so it really just That's depends good, yeah. on how you use the internet what you use your device to do the kind of information you're storing digitally it really just depends on 
that level of exposure you have as as a, as a person and then from there it depends now on how much effort you put into protecting yourself and you touched on something that really uh that um i really want to talk wants to talk to you about you talk about sharing banking information online um i am of the opinion gavin that the reason why jamaicans are so and not just not regular jamaicans but also regular jamaicans but business jamaicans in business why they are so slow to adapt technology or integrate technology into their business processes is because of the fear that they have about their financial information either being leaked or being hacked or people having access to their accounts or their money in general um is that a legitimate fear that they have and then if it is a legitimate fear how can we go about how can they go about in a simple way protecting themselves to the point where it doesn't become an obstacle to technological advancement locally so so to to really get into that there are there are different kinds of concerns that people have when they are are being hesitant to adopt technology so i know quite a few uh a few businesses that I've worked with, businesses who mm-hmm. are very quick to, to adopt technology to help their business develop and operate. And then there are others who really have a genuine fear. The difference I've seen between them is is education and exposure to how, how the technology can be implemented in a smart way. So, for example, with banks, you'll find that banks are much quicker to adopt technology and integrate it into their operations because they are almost forced to do that based on how they operate. There are uh, compliance uh, frameworks, regulations that banks and certain other industries have to abide by, which also forces them to, to give the technology real thought about how they implement it, how they can implement it securely, and that forces them to find the information, to learn about it, and to understand how they can manage their risk. While in some other industries where there is no regulation, there is no need for them to, to even think about technology, their business is operating fine, they are satisfied with maybe the amount of profit they're making, there is no motivating, real motivating factor for them to go through the hassle of trying to learn about how to integrate this technology, how to to even use their existing technology in a secure way, because they're not really motivated to do that. Okay. So you think it's a matter of motivation and a matter of intention then? Yes, it, it, it is. Okay. When for right across the industry, wherever there is a, a, a compliance requirement, you'll mm. find that companies take security or, or just any kind of implementation much more serious because they want to be compliant. Uh, the Data mm-hmm. Protection Act is coming, which will also force a lot of companies to think about how they handle people's data. Customer data, yeah. N- not, yes, customer data and any, any kind of, any kind of uh, data that they may collect on, on 
people it will force them to think about how they handle it if they even need to collect it and from there you'll start to see changes such as some some types of data will no longer be requested because they don't want to accept the risk or right. if they do decide to accept uh, whichever forms of data they will be implementing uh, several mitigating controls because they don't want to be non-compliant and face any kinds of fines or offenses so wherever there's a regulation driving security companies pay a lot more attention okay okay and and this new data protection act it is a part of the um the gdpr compliance move uh, it's, you think that's that's where this stems from it yes that is where it stems from but the data protection act for jamaica which is currently under review from what i've seen in the news it's modeled from the gdpr and in terms of the principles that, that it has guys gdpr means general data protection regulation and it comes from the is it the european union yes the eu gavin yeah the eu they, they had sweeping changes to data protection laws governing the eu and because they're such a humongous trading block just about everybody is affected by this new change in the law so i just wanted to quickly explain to persons what what that is so you were saying gavin that our data protection act is because of this change to um the eu laws on data protection yes it's it's relating to the the, the eu law so since mm. the gdpr has been implemented what it has done is it has really shed light into into how how companies can change to start caring about how they handle people's data and a lot of countries around the world have been motivated by the impact of the gdpr they have seen the value of it and as such they they are implementing their own version or principles which come from right. the gdpr and it goes back to what you said about when compliance becomes necessary, people start taking things seriously. Because before, the, and I mean, this is a huge thing that happened. Before that happened, nobody was really, I mean, conversations were happening about um, data protection and so on and so forth. But you had huge companies that they were busy selling your data and data mining is a multi-billion dollar business. Um, so know that the European Union, which is one of the largest trading blocks in the world, said, um, no, this is what is going to happen. Everybody has really had to take stock because you want to trade with the European Union. And if you want to trade with the European Union or be involved in any way, shape or form with doing business in that block or with any of the countries involved in that union, you're going to have to be compliant, right? Yes. So yes. person started to as jamaicans would say ship up they started to ship up <laughs> because you don't want to be the country that cannot trade with one of the biggest trading blocks or do business over there so you're absolutely right it goes back to when your feet is being held to the fire suddenly <laughs> your concern about certain things that you never even thought about before grows because you pretty much don't have a choice so that's kind of and it's not just jamaica it's globally right Yes, globally. So Jamaica is trying to do their part to implement mm -hmm. the, the, the law, which 
as I said before, it's not implemented as yet. Uh, as at the time of this interview, I know that it's still going through through Parliament to try and get it finalized and passed as an official law. But it's available for everyone to read. It's available online. You can go and read and understand what the act will will likely be about and how it could help to protect yeah. you as a citizen. Yeah, and and one of the benefits of the GDPR um, rules is that more more consideration is given to you as the individual. You are now given more control over how your data is collected, over how your data is used, because you are now uh, armed with information. The GDPR is very keen on making sure that you, as the regular everyday person, has the information to know, okay, when I sign up for this, what are you doing with my information? Where is it going to go? Is any third party going to have access to it? And if they do, to what ends can they use it? So you, as the citizen, have way more control now over your data and how that is used. And I remember, Gavin, too, that there was this couple of people had sued Google because um, something came up about them on Google and they wanted it removed and Google didn't want to remove it and they ended up suing Google. Do you remember that? Uh, I've heard of several cases like that, but I think most yeah. of them were unsuccessful because of how Google claims they operate. There was one guy who was successful wow. because the court, yes, if I if and I and I am if I'm incorrect, I'm going to make the correction in the show notes. But if as if memory serves, the court ruled the the European court ruled, the, and that's the court that governs the EU. They ruled that this person had the right to have his his information something to that effect that he had some kind of right to have his information removed and then google had to go through this whole thing of okay putting the policies in place to allow people to remove their information so you have to submit something in writing and you have to give them justification and you have to go through one long process but eventually the court did say that yeah if you don't want him information on your platform don't put him information on your platform or remove it. I think he was successful. And I think this guy was, it was either Italian or French. It was one of the, either the Italian case or the French case, but I'll put more information in the show notes, Gavin, but it just goes, and that, that, and that was how the whole, and I, if memory serves as well, I think that's how the whole GDPR conversation really got started because people are like, okay, what is happening with my information? And then you had the leaks over at Facebook, and then you had Google being accused of selling information, and it it, it was messy. Yeah, the infamous Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook has had too many leaks. Now. Yeah. Too many leaks. Too many leaks. But yeah, um, Gavin, though, um, what is your perspective about cybersecurity, the state of cybersecurity in Jamaica and in the Caribbean, do you think that we're heading in the right direction? Do you think we need, um, we're not there yet or we're behind? Or what, what, where are you at in terms of the state of uh, information security and cybersecurity in this region? So we're heading, we're heading in the right direction. So looking at, looking oh, at good. Jamaica, we are heading in the right direction, but not at a rate that quick is pleasing enough. uh yeah so oh, not yeah. quick enough worldwide so globally there is a shortage of security professionals so it's not that the caribbean is special in terms of not moving at a, a quick rate not having enough positions open for security that's a global right. that's a global issue 
but within the caribbean i believe just from my personal perspective that we are moving a bit too slow there are a lot of companies who don't have anyone uh, relating to security uh, operating in their across their IT department. There are a lot of people out there who want to get into into IT security, who have the knowledge, the skills, the passion, and there are a lot of companies who also want to have people in IT security, but they have not created the position. So it, there there are a lot of weird weird dynamics happening with companies who who genuinely want to but they just haven't taken the step as yet companies who haven't really realized what the benefits could be so they just haven't done anything and then there are the mm. persons who want to get into the industry want to stay and work in the caribbean but the the amount of posts relating to security are very very little very limited yes. okay and what what do you what well you said it's a global issue so it's not just it's not like the caribbean is just slacking off there's really just a shortage of um security professionals um regionally but do you think there's any special exposure for the caribbean in terms of access to uh in terms of hacking or access to or sensitive information that would require a more urgent push towards shoring up our cybersecurity and information security system? So it's there's a little there's a little thing that's saving us, right? So so earlier in the yeah. interview you mentioned about how slow businesses are to adopt technology, right? That's one of the things that's actually saving the Caribbean now. Because <laughs> because a lot of a lot of a lot of the, 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 the businesses and the way they operate, they are not as they're not dependent as much as they could be from an efficient efficiency uh, perspective. Efficiency yeah, so so yeah. their footprint online is very small. It's yes, it's very small and yeah. that's really what's what's saving what's saving them. There are a lot of companies now who can offer their services online instead of having people uh, visit them physically. But because they're not doing that because of that same slow rate of adoption, it's also saving them from a lot of uh, security compromises. Compromises. So so oh, wow. if they do move to 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 integrating security, integrating IT more into their processes but they are not adopting security practices, good security practices, then it will lead to, to, to likely lead to them being compromised or just facing just lots of different security-related issues. So both, both have to happen at the same time. So adopting technology while adopting uh, mm. security. So it has to happen at the same time. Mm. They can't lead with, with, with the technology first and one, then make security an afterthought. Right. It has to happen at the same time. Okay. Okay, but um, I'm glad you said that. And it, that, it is, it is, that is one of the arguments that people make about uh, when you talk to them about technology and integrating technology into their business. Um, 
the argument is well we are not as susceptible as persons in the first world and forgive me i hate the first word third world um, <laughs> terms i think they're so backward but people in more technologically advanced um states um they are more at risk of attack because all them business online pretty much but is it is it a situation where the benefits of being technologically advanced outweighs and this is this is determinant on the level of cybersecurity that you have and your awareness of information security and having um, full and proper implementation of these systems in your operations is it then that somebody who's in that position where they are aware fully integrated up and going is it that there are more benefits for them than businesses in the caribbean who are not online not integrated happy with paper and pen <laughs> is there more benefits then towards just doing it properly but still um using the technology to advance your business yes there 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 are more benefits the for example companies who who have integrated technology in a smart and secure way, they mm-hmm. would typically typically see a, redu- a reduction in their business cost. So they could have, it could be that their staff doesn't have to do as much traveling to get to an office because mm-hmm. they can work remotely. Right. It would also mm-hmm. mean that they can have access to a greater pool of skilled persons because now instead of being limited to hiring people who live within the the, the country or within a small area of the country Mm -hmm. they can now work with people from all over the world so greater access to 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 skilled workers people who who are also looking for jobs can also uh, have a greater amount of options to work with a country that's on the the other side of the country without having to think about all of the logistics all of the the traveling um, migrating to another area uh, setting up their children in in another school so it it saves it saves from a lot of different perspectives Uh, technology itself the purpose of technology is that it helps to automate manual labor so wherever Mm -hmm you can automate manual labor although you may have uh, one side thinking that some persons may lose their jobs it's not it's not always true because you will you may lose people who who are skilled at manual labor but then there's also the new opportunity where you can gain people or retrain those those same people to now be skilled at handling automated uh the automated systems so Mm -hmm. there are there are a lot of benefits it saves on paper which means less trees it Mm -hmm. saves on just uh, it saves in a a lot of different areas and in general yeah in in Mm -hmm. in most in most cases any company that finds a way to to be more technologically integrated they often they often have greater efficiency uh less cost and uh, possibly even happier staff 
Yeah, definitely. And growth, the growth uh, potential is unlimited. Yes. For a company who now has access to global markets, for companies, as you said, who has access to skilled labor who may not necessarily be local, they don't have to go through the whole hassle of trying to get you an H1N1 visa to come to correct, anywhere or correct. a work visa to go anywhere. Literally, you can be a remote worker and still... Um, contribute to that company's uh development and and that way too it's the perception a company that's a multinational that's a, a glow international company with workers in india in jamaica in the usa that it, it has a certain sophistication to it per- perceived sophistication there's also a perceived uh inclusiveness to that company and that works very well for their social responsibility arm that comes off very very well and to be honest with you, my thing with Jamaicans, because even even those who are complaining about, oh, uh, well, we are at less risk, banks in Jamaica are being hacked. Well, there <laughs> are, yeah, there are, there are some news articles, there are some news articles talking about it, um, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, as I mentioned, it's not, it's not unique to us, but it, the, right. the news articles uh, which talk about fishing and all of those different issues, it just mm. shows that although we are small, we still have to mm. deal with the same kind of issues that the much larger yes. and advanced countries have to deal with. So, you know, we're not special. We, we will have to yeah. deal with, we will have to just grow up and deal with it. Yeah, and that negates the argument completely because it's not as if we're completely safe. We may be at less risk, but we're not completely safe. And in fact, in fact, it is probably easier for somebody to hack into a system locally than it is for them to hack into a system in a state or in a far business who's in a state that is more technologically advanced because there's so many systems that you'll probably have to go through to get to the data that you need to get to we here because we are not aware and i think awareness is our biggest problem and because we're either misinformed or uninformed or under informed we are not as robust with our systems and as you said earlier too we don't have cyber security or information security persons in working in our it departments so which goes to show our lack of awareness about why these things are absolutely important and then these things happen everybody go you see we did tell you no they did not do their they didn't do what they were supposed to do and that is why they're being hacked (laughs) right well (laughs) and i mean we're not being hacked at at any greater rate than anybody else well we so we we do have some some amount of people uh, across uh, across Jamaica in security and and in the Caribbean, but the numbers are still small. They're small yeah, relative yeah. to the number of of businesses that we have who really do need uh, someone working in their their IT team with a focus on yeah. security. So you don't have to be. A, that's all yeah, they do. Yeah. So yeah. you don't have to be a, a pen tester or a, a security consultant to be able to contribute towards security. In, you know, mm-hmm. so it's it. There are a lot of opportunities. Yes, it's good to have someone who their job is, is definitely focused on security. But it doesn't have to be like that. Companies can start small, and train their 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 existing staff, and eventually, uh, give someone a specialized role of, which which focuses on security. That, yeah, I completely agree. And and that's another thing uh, too. Empowering your staff um teaching training your staff also to be aware 
of what they do online on the compu- on the company's systems, how they use the company system to access the internet, what they do after they have accessed the internet using the company system. If your staff is unaware of the threats that exist, they can get you into batty holes too. <laughs> Forgive me, but they can get you in problems too. Um, so I am all for companies empowering their staff with information and making sure that they're um also aware but gavin let's go back to you you've actually started a foundation yes uh in july Tell us a little bit about what that's yeah, yeah in july mm-hmm. in july i i visited jamaica for vacation and i registered mm-hmm. the gavin dennis foundation with the company's office of jamaica right. so i wow. i've finally registered the the charity it's it's been something uh coming for a while i i've always had my my own little personal initiatives of trying to help people and with this i can i think i can do it at a larger scale with more corporate Mm -hmm. support so the foundation Mm -hmm. so far has several initiatives one initiative is women in security caribbean which is a community of women uh a community of of people trying to support women and girls to develop within the field of of information security so right now Mm -hmm. there aren't a lot of women in any security related role across the caribbean it's also a global issue where women complain about uh, the difficulty of getting an opportunity to join it feeling motivated to remain in IT even when they get to join and that's due to multiple issues such as sexual harassment misogyny yeah men Mm. just not treating them fairly because of their gender so discrimination in in various forms and even a lack of respect so the Mm -hmm. this initiative is focused on trying to fix that issue at the caribbean level Mm. Okay, and what are some of the other initiatives? Um, uh, that some of them. The others are things like uh, there's one called Education Earned, which sponsors mm-hmm. the the exam fee for a Caribbean adult who is over the age of 30 or 30 and older. So if an adult who did not finish their CSEC, CAPE, they didn't finish high school and they go back to school, study pass their CSEC, they can submit the exam to us and they would be refunded for the cost of the exam. So it's really about encouraging uh, the, the, the older persons who are who are who haven't gained their secondary level education. It's encouraging them to feel proud, go back, earn their, their qualification and and receive mm-hmm. some kind of token for that effort. Uh, that's absolutely amazing, Gavin, because lots of charities out there, not a lot of them focus on higher education for adults. We're really focused on the kids, and that's really great. Honestly, that's really good. But you have some people who would have fallen through the cracks, and time passes, and they get older, and the older they get, the more desperate they get, or the, most, the more despair um, kicks in because nobody's really checking for you like that anymore because your time passed and you missed it but now here comes a foundation like like yours that's saying we still see you we still acknowledge that you have dreams and you have things that you want to accomplish in your life whether it's a personal accomplishment or a economic accomplishments and we're going to help you do that so that's that's fantastic 
that's really awesome yeah thanks we're we're um, trying <laughs> we're trying <laughs> yeah man definitely so um you this foundation you said you're you're going to be going after corporate sponsorship to get some of these programs up and running yes uh the 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 foundation itself it's 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 led by me and what mm-hmm. i'm aiming to do is to is to really focus on the caribbean as a whole so caribbean countries mm-hmm. and caribbean territories so places like the mm-hmm. u.s virgin islands uh saint lucia uh, British Virgin Islands. So there are some countries in the Caribbean which are not considered Caribbean countries, but we are including all of mm-hmm. them once they are mm-hmm. a part of the Caribbean, whether it's a country or a territory. Oh, so territory. we will be focusing on corporate sponsorship. We'll be doing a lot of work uh, ourselves in terms of volunteers, people who are maybe members of the, the CCST Discord group. So we are coming together to do as much as we can and then to get corporate support to help us to do more. Right. It's awesome. So when 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 will your efforts um, kick off? Uh, right now, we are doing a lot of administrative work to get things mm-hmm. highly organized so that when we start to market across the entire Caribbean, it runs very smooth. But I would say somewhere mm-hmm. close to the middle of September, you should see a mm-hmm. huge... A huge boom online uh, for the Caribbean between Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, with just multiple initiatives focused on the Caribbean coming out of the Gavin Dennis Foundation. That's awesome. And Gavin, I, <laughs> I said I was gonna ask you earlier. How did you end up in Germany, though? <laughs> this is just wow. an, this is just an aside. But I really yeah, want you know, to know Germany. How you ended up in Germany. <laughs> Germany, Germany was very it was very unexpected uh, for me. Uh-huh. It was a bit unexpected. So when I was in Jamaica, I I, I had a lot of these ideas that I'm I'm now talking uh-huh. about the foundation, the the CCST mm-hmm. group. I had a bunch of ideas. Right, right now I think right. I I have maybe about 50 websites online but I haven't really started to market them so I've just been building out my ideas so when I was in Jamaica I wanted to to get into them and I felt that I I needed a greater platform I needed um, greater room to to explore all of these different things that I want to do because some of them were Mm. a bit they were a bit too adventurous for our culture ambitious um, a bit ambitious yeah i don't want to say ambitious but they were a bit too wild in in, in they're a bit too wild for <laughs> our conservative uh style of thinking for example right. one of the initiatives is is focused on helping the caribbean to transform so helping us to 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 change the way we we work in, in general so allowing people mm. to dress more comfortably mm. help people to dress uh, allo- uh encouraging people companies to dress like we are in the caribbean uh helping us to to adopt things like remote working like just a a lot of things which are more they're more accepted overseas and trying to push it while in the caribbean along with my other wild ideas it just wouldn't work so so I decided that I really needed to to get greater exposure, go overseas, see how things are are are, are being done, work with some much uh, larger companies, companies who are not just working within the Caribbean, but companies being affected by GDPR, 
and, and I started applying online for jobs and I was focusing on, on the US and Canada and the, the, quite a few of them contacted me but they had a difficulty to offer a work visa because the process was so tedious so yeah. it just wasn't going anywhere and then I decided okay let's look at Europe and when I started to look at Europe it it's wow it it's it's a whole different way of, of operating when I received my first interview my interview the company I, I started with in Germany p3 communications it the, the entire process took two weeks between when I did the interview until when I had the visa in my passport two weeks wow, okay. so I did the interview I believe on a on a Friday I think or a Wednesday they sent me the paperwork uh, I think the following Wednesday and I went to the embassy and within one week after going to the embassy I picked up my passport the entire process that entire process was finished they arranged for they arranged for me to to come to germany in terms of an apartment i received an apartment for the first two months like the entire process just the whole way they operated it was very different it was it was mind-blowing mm -hmm. and here i am <laughs> yeah yeah um, and how has that experience uh, been as a Jamaican in a predominantly white space, uh, definitely a different culture? How have you been making out? The, the experience... I mean, swimmingly, clearly, yeah, but... It's, it's, <laughs> it, it has been amazing because I've gone through so much in terms of culture shock. Like, so when I, when I started, when I just started with P3, I was doing a lot of traveling. Right. So although I came to Germany, I was traveling to Egypt, Denmark, uh, Egypt, Denmark, the Netherlands. So I was doing I was doing quite a bit of traveling and mm -hmm. the way how people do business outside of the Caribbean, it's it's very different. It's very different and it's just opened my mind to to the different possibilities, the possibilities of how things could work yeah. so you could still do business but you could do it in in more efficient and even relaxed ways i've gone into meetings with people who probably sign checks for for maybe half a million like on a normal basis and these guys are are in 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 the meeting rooms in in you know their polo shirts and their jeans and they're discussing like multi million dollar deals and just seeing that kind of relaxed environment where you know people are, are are still being taken serious even though they're not in a suit like it 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 opens your eyes compared to the culture that you grow up in that if you don't show up mm. in, in decked out in a suit or if you don't walk around in uh, or drive around in a high-end vehicle it means that you're you're not uh, of some successful. good status or successful. I know someone who is a director in a company and he rides a bicycle to work. It's an expensive bicycle, but he rides a bicycle to work and there's no fuss uh, from him about whether he should get a car. And it's just being exposed to the, the different kind of thinking and the kind of goals that people have outside of how we were cultured in the Caribbean. 
it's very mm. it's very eye-opening and it has really taught me a lot and allowed me to see things from a much different perspective okay that's that's amazing but i want to take it to task kevin because it would be remiss of me if i didn't is it do, do you think that one of the difficulties we have here and i know culture is one but we have not been as exposed as Europe has been. We don't have the same kind of resources. We don't have the same kind of access to capital. We don't have the same kind of access to, as you said, highly skilled, a highly skilled workforce um, that would negate the whole, you have to wear a suit to work or you have to do this or you have to do that. We are not there yet in terms of our economy and we're certainly not there yet in terms of our thinking. Is it, is it, is it is it that uh let me let me see how i can put this would you say that those things are the reasons then why we are we're still progressing i believe but not as quickly and is it fair to make a comparison between a country who has had years decades centuries to get their act together and a country who has literally had 54 years to get their things together do you think it's a fair comparison uh no it's not a fair comparison because we've had the 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 whole issue of slavery which uh, we don't need to get mm. into slavery no, has definitely ha- yeah into. slavery has we all know yeah, what that is it, yeah but yeah. that has had a, a huge impact in terms of our growth and the kind of uh, kind of access that we have and and resources that we can definitely. pull on mm-hmm. but where we are now in 2019 is that mm. we have access to the technology that we can adopt we Mm -hmm. have access to the planes and the trains and those things that we can take to go into the the overseas areas to see how things operate to talk to the people online through social media so now the information is accessible and i don't believe we are taking a great advantage Advantage of of it right now for any junior in in university he can go on linkedin right now and speak with someone in Germany about how things are happening. Not everyone would respond, but you will definitely find a a handful of persons who would would be willing to take the time and share share the insight. So we have access to be able to see how things are done in the first world country and then to, to, Mm. to model our own operation from that so that we can develop. We do have access to it. It's about priorities. Yeah, and for, for that, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm, not about accepting an excuse that we cannot get there at a faster rate or we cannot do as well so we do have access to the things that can help us we just yeah. need to move towards to it. get our act together yes. yeah i i i completely i completely agree but i had to get that out there because i don't want it to be said that oh him go firing all of a sudden but <laughs> i recognize as you do that yeah. it is an unfair comparison but you can't help but make the comparisons because you're talking about things that can be done things that we yeah can they're, do, like, they're, no. they're very realistic nothing that is going to take a great deal of upheaval and cultural change to do because we are Correct. already doing it it's just that we are we're slow to the mark and what i fear gavin well let me tell you this is my biggest fear first let me say that i'm of the view that technology and online spaces are are significantly advantageous to small small island states and i would even go as far as to say more so than developed states 
um because we have much more to lose than they do because they're already in that space you understand what i'm saying they're already at the point where they're integrated them they're they're the ones developing the technology you know what i mean we are being left behind because we are not a i think the reasons why is because we're not a stem culture right so science and and technology and maths and we're we're not there in terms of making these things priority so we don't have people going into scientific research not necessarily we don't necessarily have people going into technological research and creating technology we do have a core of young jamaicans we do have a core of young jamaicans like christopher gale um like damian miller persons in the field they're creating web applicate they're creating applications they're developing software what i call experiential based software um and because they're from jamaica and they understand what our culture is they can create the kind of software that will remove the whole well it's because they don't understand this kind of barrier right but my biggest my biggest fear is we're going to be left behind that's one of my biggest fear if we don't get our act together we are already 20 30 years behind and it's just getting the years are just piling up because technologically technology technology is advancing at such an incredible speed that i fear that if governments don't stop talking about yes digital economy the digital economy has been here from 20 years ago now if if we don't stop talking about getting our citizens ready for the digital economy even though the citizens are, are are already far advanced than the government in terms of technological integration right if we don't stop paying lip service to it and actually start doing it i honestly fear that citizens of small island states are going to lose out significantly and that is why i am such a huge advocate of the digital space and I'm such a huge advocate of tech. And you can tell me, Gavin, if I am being too hyper hyperbolic or if I am being too dramatic, <laughs> melodramatic. You can tell me, but honestly, this is a fear <laughs> I have. <laughs> so it's it's a it's a valid it's a valid concern. It's a valid concern. But there are there are a lot of issues which aren't mm -hmm. even about tech which yes, is preventing yes. this kind of progress from happening so for example i i had one experience uh, when i was in jamaica and i was doing some blogging and there was someone someone who worked in in it who they had they were concerned that i was trying to be some kind of influencer and this is and this is someone who works within government right and they they didn't feel comfortable with the fact that i was talking about security because it was helping to educate other people in the country who could use the information in a bad way but at the same time persons like that they expect me to follow other people who are overseas doing the same thing blogging and commenting and talking about security and how this and that can be done and how you can help to prevent it but yet when i am doing it it's it's bad so there are a lot of things like that which are preventing the people who have the dreams who have the aspirations the motivation to bring us into that digital age but they're being stifled because there is someone who is too conservative 
about us stepping out of the the the, the box and, and and doing all of these things which haven't maybe been really done before so those are some 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 just some soft skills which have nothing to really do with the technology itself but just people's personalities and just maybe even the way we were socialized which is preventing us from from being adventurous and thinking wild and dreaming big and really solving this this issue and bringing us to the state of a so-called first world country right so gavin what well, based on what you said a while ago, to be honest, it sounds like bad mind to me, but <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> people are really, sometimes people are afraid that somebody else with a more global perspective because of the experience that they've had, the ability, their ability to travel to get that experience and their qualifications, they feel threatened by that in some instances. So that that could may very well be what that is but before you go though gavin what is the best advice you think you could give to a jamaican young or old who really passionate as you were they're probably working in a different field but really wants to make that transition to information security or cyber security what's the best piece of advice you could give uh to that person my best advice is to don't be demotivated because someone didn't give you what you want or what you asked for or what you think you deserve mm -hmm. so that's something that i've realized over the years and i see it with a lot of people i had it with my myself fortunately in my case when i applied and i tried to get in and i was either told no or that no not now or it's not yet your time i didn't let that demotivate me or stop me from continuing to push and look for opportunities in other areas so it's not just about not taking no for an answer it's about continuing to push and look at other options if you're not getting into the door that you're knocking find other doors find other places don't just stay at that same door and hope that they will someone will give you a break because they say that they will give it to you go out and look for it and right. work for it right right definitely so don't take no for an answer seek opportunities outside of what you would call what what would you'd say your normal uh yeah outside boundaries. of your even your comfort zone yeah outside. right uh, Jamaica is not the only place who may need your expertise, definitely. Right. And if if we are joke, if we're joking about, you can always take your expertise elsewhere. You're not confined here. Um, although it would be great if we could uh, start taking this serious enough where it becomes attractive to other persons. Um, certainly, in terms of I know another thing too, Gavin. <laughs> this is what I see Jamaican businesses do now. They cram three, four, five job descriptions into one. So they want an <laughs> IT professional who has cybersecurity and information systems background, who knows about social media, and who can twerk. I swear to you, they cram all of this into one job criteria, and then they pay you for the least of those. Yeah, I've and seen. That, <laughs> yeah, have you have you noticed that in the IT too? I've in I've seen I've seen it. I've I've seen it. Yes, I've seen it. It's something people complain about uh, a lot online, not just Jamaica. It's 
it's it's it's bad but i think where it's coming from is that a lot of the people who are creating the job ads they don't understand what needs to go into the job itself so what i've seen is that the 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 manager of the department who needs the person isn't the one who creates the job post it's hr and hr is disconnected from the real responsibilities of the job so uh, there are a lot of issues there but yeah that's that's definitely (laughs) something that people are battling with definitely definitely you need to know how to swim man how to it is absolutely ridiculous so that could be a barrier but don't let that dissuade you still leading with what you know and that's awesome advice gavin where can people find you online if they want to either connect with your foundation or they want to join the cybersecurity group um uh discord group or they just want to get in contact maybe they want more information or whatever how can they find you so People can contact me in multiple ways. Uh, mainly, you can go to my website at gavindennis.com. So that's G-A-V-I-N-D-E-N-N-I-S. So gavindennis.com. And right. that will have the links to my Twitter, my Instagram, my LinkedIn, my email address, and my business mobile number. So I'm very reachable. Uh, you can contact me if you need advice, guidance, uh, maybe looking at job I've connected quite a few persons who were trying to get their break in security so gavindennis.com you can always find my up-to-date information there okay what about link to uh, links to access the discord group so in terms of the discord group you can go to caribbeancst.com and that would give you all of the information you would need to join the Discord group. You can also find the information about the Discord group on foundation.gavindennis.com, which is the, the website of the foundation itself. And from there, you will have access to all of the links which can point you in the correct direction. Uh, so Caribbean CST on Twitter, CaribbeanCST.com online for the web. And from there, it will outline all of the steps that you you should go through, which are just very small, to accept the invite, join Discord. All right, Gavin, thank you so very much, guys. If you are interested in cybersecurity, information security, even ICT, Gavin can Gavin probably have the hookups, and he can probably assist <laughs> you either with the advice or with the support through the Discord app. And it's not just Gavin. There's a Gavin has built up an entire community that um that supports him and what he's doing and will support you too ready and waiting to support you too the guys are very warm and very friendly even to me that don't know nothing about nothing and probably shouldn't even be in a group they're very warm and very friendly and very open so definitely get in touch and um start leveling up gavin thank you so much for uh talking to me i really really appreciate it <laughs> um, and thank you thank you for having me as a guest it was very it was very interesting you know it's my first podcast so oh, it is? <laughs> yeah Yay, yeah it's my first podcast <laughs> so when you blow up and get big you can remember say i was the first one to put you on <laughs> of course of course of course <laughs> Definitely, definitely. But I just wanted to let you know that I'm very proud of you as a fellow Jamaican in a non-conventional, unconventional space who you're branching out and you're pulling everybody else along with you. And that's very admirable and I'm very proud of you for that. So thank you very much.
Thank you, Kadia. Thank you. Amazing conversation with Gavin Dennis, Jamaican cybersecurity expert and the founder of the Gavin Dennis Foundation. And he's also the co-creator of the cyber, the Caribbean cybersecurity support team. If it is that you're involved in that community, want to be involved in that community and need support and advice and just a safe space to have discussions about your job and the frustrations and certifications and because it's, it's it's a really hard field to get into and it does require a lot and it's constant upgrading of your skills and certification if you need a space to vent to ask for advice to get support definitely community for you that's exactly what they're there for they're very open they're very informative so the link um to join will be in the show notes as well and it's always good to talk to somebody um at least from my from my standpoint it's always good to talk to experts i am a fan of experts persons who can confirm certain things or allay certain fears that you may have who can bring a sober perspective to whatever the topic is because they're actively involved and sometimes they're the ones leading the discussion um in that space so i'm always grateful for the guests who come on here who are experts in their field or who are very knowledgeable about a particular field who share with my audience and who share with me and you can tell in the conversation that gavin is very knowledgeable so really appreciate him definitely get involved and thank you so much gavin for the work that you're doing to uplift the cybersecurity community in the in jamaica and the caribbean check him out thank you guys so much for listening remember again the content development workshop on november 30th if you're struggling with creating content especially going into 2020 you want to elevate your digital marketing game you want to elevate your branding game if you're a business or a personal brand then this is the workshop for you check it out get registered reserve your seat and i'll see you there thank you guys so much for listening and you can support the podcast by downloading the episode subscribing on your favorite podcast player and leaving a review with really appreciate it it really helps the platform grow thank you so much and until next time bye you've just listened to episode 15 of the digital jamaica podcast with me gavin dennis a cybersecurity consultant and the founder of the gavin dennis foundation limited you can reach me through my website at gavindennis.com on twitter and instagram at hacking gavin and on LinkedIn. If you liked this episode, please download, leave a review and subscribe. Thanks for listening.